The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. Amen. Amen. So, Father, thank you. Thank you for sending your word. Now, I ask you to give me the word of the learned, that I may speak a word in season to them who are wearied. Father, send your word. Sanctify us with that word, for your word is truth. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. This morning, I'm going to begin in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. There Peter said these words, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, who should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And that's what I want to talk to you for a few minutes this morning. I want to talk about the marvelous light. Now, I'd like to take my time with this. When Peter said, you are a chosen generation, you need to understand what a generation is. A generation is a group of people living at a certain time. You are that certain people that are living at such a time as this, where you're not only in the kingdom of God, but the kingdom of God is within you. That makes you a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood because when Jesus died on the cross, and he was resurrected from the dead, he made all of you who believe in him, both kings and priests, unto God. Is that right? You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a holy nation, a holy nation. I believe I read somewhere where the Lord says, be ye holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. And let me tell you something, there can't be any holiness until there's wholeness. So when we're talking about holiness, we're not talking about rules and regulations. We're not talking about touch not, taste not, and handle not. We're talking about living with the nature and the spirit of God in your life. Amen? We're talking about reflecting God in your very being. And our God is a holy God. He said, you're a peculiar people. Now, not peculiar in the normal sense of the word, but you are a special people. You are a special people that has been set apart by God. Every one of you, you're special in the eyes of God. You are a peculiar people. And because of that, you should show forth the praises of our God. Why? Because he's the one who's called you. He's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, spiritually speaking, there are two kingdoms. There is the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. Now, the kingdom of God is ruled by Jesus. 
The kingdom of darkness is ruled by Satan. Huh? That's right. Satan rules the kingdom of darkness. Now, what did Jesus have to say about that? Jesus referred to Satan as the prince of this world. And we ought not to forget that. John chapter 12, verse 31, Jesus says, Now is judgment come upon the world. Now is the prince of this world, he shall be cast out. Now, Jesus said that just before he went to the cross. He acknowledged that Satan is the prince of this world. Now, what does all that mean? It means exactly what Jesus said. Remembering the temptation in the wilderness. The third temptation that Satan made to Jesus was this. He took Jesus in an exceedingly high mountain and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of those kingdoms. And he said, if you would just bow down and worship me, I will give you all these things. Now, how, how, was, he, how was Satan able to give Jesus all those things? Because he is the prince of this world. In other words, he's the prince of this world system. And, of course, Jesus told him, you shall, it is written, you shall not worship. You shall only worship the Lord your God, and only him shall you worship. I am telling you that Satan is the God of this world. When things are happening in this world, when, when there's failure, when there's catastrophe in, in the political realm, in the economic, the financial realm, even in the social realm, I want you to know that Satan is behind that because he is the prince of this world system. Now, in Jesus' day, when Jesus said that Satan was the prince of the world, he was talking about religious leaders and political leaders. Now, the Jews were the religious leaders of the world. But the Romans were the political leaders of the world. And Jesus said Satan was behind both of them. It was Satan that motivated the Jews to, to give Jesus over to Pilate. It was Satan that motivated the Romans to crucify him on a cross. He is the prince of this world. Many of you are complaining about inflation. You're complaining about the economy. Well, that's something you ought to be praying about because I'm telling you something, that Satan is the prince of this world system. And not only is he the, 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 the prince of the world system, the apostle Paul said he was the prince of the power of the air. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, he said that Satan was the prince of the power of the air. And he was the very one, Paul said, that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Says Satan's behind that. Now, I, I know we, we, we've heard those words and they just flap right past us. Prince, prince of this world, prince of the power of the air. I want you to know what happened here. When Satan was cast out of heaven and two-thirds of the angels, or one-third of the angels rather, fell with him. The question is, where did they go? They came to this region, this region called the earth. This is where they came. huh? And this is why Genesis says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
And the earth was without form and void. Why was the earth without form and void? Because of Satan. It was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of the Lord was moving upon the waters. Then God said, let there be light. These are the first recorded words that God ever said. And the first words that God ever spoken was about dealing with darkness. That same darkness we've been called out of. God says, let there be light. And I'm telling you, that was a marvelous light. Uh-huh. A marvelous light. Now, a few weeks ago, we were talking about when Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Oftentimes, when we think of hell, we think of hell being down below somewhere. Now, there was a time now where both paradise and hell was in the belly of the earth. You can look at Luke 16, tell us that. Remember, Lazarus and the rich man? The rich man died, and he went to hell. The beggar died, and he went to the arms. Uh, 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 he went to paradise in, in, in Abraham's bosom. Did you remember reading that? But nowhere in that passage says that anybody went down. You see, we went, we, we've been watching too many movies. We, we, we read Dante's Inferno, and, and we think the devil's walking around somewhere beneath the earth with red pajamas on, horns on his head, with a pitchfork. No, not so, beloved. He is the prince of this world system. He is the prince of the power of the air. So where's hell? The devil's headquarters. Come on. The devil's headquarters is Hades, demons and evil spirits. It's Hades. But where's Hades? It is in the region of the atmosphere. It is in the region of the air. The Bible doesn't tell us that it's down beneath somewhere. We made that up. We made that up. And so when you're binding, when you're using your power to bind the devil and to loose him, you need to be binding and loosening the atmosphere because he is the prince of the power of the air. Don't forget, a king is greater than a prince. Jesus called him a prince, but the Bible calls Jesus a king. Revelation 17, verse 14 says, And the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is the, the Lord of lords and the King of kings. A king is always greater than a prince. How many glad you're serving King Jesus today? Huh? Now, the kingdom of God, let me get back to my message. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of light. It's a kingdom of light that changes and transforms lives. But on the other hand, the kingdom of darkness is a kingdom that binds you. It blinds you. It destroys lives. That's what darkness does. But those who know Jesus is Lord, 
those that know him as Savior and King. Beloved, we've been brought out of that darkness. We have been brought out of darkness. Huh? Into that marvelous light. What is darkness? Darkness is the absence of light. Every one of us, before we came to Christ, we were living with the absence of life. We were living with a lack of, of illumination. What is light? Light is manifest illumination. And that's what happened when you got saved. I know that's what happened. When I got saved, you see, I was in the church all my life, but when I got saved, there was some illumination manifested that I didn't see before. I was in the light then. Huh? So what makes this light marvelous? Into the marvelous light. What makes it marvelous? Well, first of all, the word marvelous simply means wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful Jesus is to me. Come on. Is he wonderful? He has brought us out of darkness into this marvelous, this wonderful light. What makes this light wonderful? Well, remember what Paul told the Colossians in Colossians chapter 1. Paul said in Colossians chapter 1, verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father. Giving thanks to the Father who has made us qualified to be saints in the inheritance of light. You are now eligible to walk in the light. Jesus himself, he did the work, and he made you eligible to be qualified as a saint in the inheritance of life. Who hath delivered you, past tense, who has delivered you out of darkness? Come on. Who has delivered you from the power of darkness? And he has translated, in other words, transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. There was a transference that took place. There was a conveyance that took place when you came to Christ. He transferred you from darkness, from that which was without form and void. He transformed you from that into this wonderful light, this marvelous light. Huh? See, there was a transfer by the Spirit of God. And some of you maybe didn't realize that. Yes, but when you got saved, you got off of one bus and you got on another one. And in order to get on this bus, you needed a transfer slip. You needed a transfer slip. So what Jesus did, he qualified you. To be an eligible passenger on this new bus. He qualified you to be a saint in the inheritance of life. He delivered you. How did he do that? He delivered you from the power, from the authority of darkness. And he translated you, transferred you into the kingdom of his dear son. So what am I saying? There was a spirit of God transferred. We were transferred from death unto life. We were transferred from unrighteousness to righteousness. We were transferred from turmoil 
to, to and anxiety to peace. We were transferred from hopelessness to hope. We were transferred from limitation to a place and a space where all things are now possible because of the marvelous light. Amen? Glory to God. Glory to God. And if you're riding on that old bus, you need to get off. Then he called us to walk in the light, this marvelous light. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 says, if you walk in the light, as he in the light. I love that verse because it tells you two things. And a lot of us need information and instruction. It tells us not only where to walk, but how to walk. Not only where to walk, but how to walk. Where do you walk? You walk in the light. How? As he is in the light. Jesus is your benchmark. Huh? You don't try to live like me. Live like the revelation of Jesus in your life. If you walk in the light as he is in light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanses us from all sin. This is why some of us can't get along with the other brother or sister in the body. Because we're not walking in the light. We're still drifting into darkness. He said if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we would have fellowship. In other words, the word is koinonia. We would have koinonia with one another. That word koinonia means partnership, participation, communion. It means we would have social intercourse with one another. We'll be able to get along with one another if we walk in the light. As he is in the light. And we have this fellowship, this koinonia with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ continuously cleanses us. Cleanses us from all sin. Glory to God. You may not be what you used to be last year, but you ought to be a little more cleaner this year if you're walking in the light. Because his blood continually cleanses us from all sin. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, metaphorically, if you're living in the light, in the night, I should say, if you are living in the night, Huh? You, you, you're simply not walking in the light. You can't live in the night and walk in the light. See, the darkness comes at night. And if, you're not, if your life is about living in the night, then you're not walking in the light. Do you follow what I'm saying? Huh? Now turn to Ephesians chapter 5. I got a few more minutes. Ephesians chapter 5. Will you turn there, please? I want you to look at verse 8 because Paul gave the Ephesian Christians some specific instructions about walking in this marvelous light. In verse 8, he reminds them, as I'm reminding you, you were once darkness. Everybody in here used to be dark, even if you think you're light. Did you hear what I said? 
Every one of you used to be darkies. Regardless of your skin color. You were once darkness. But now, everybody say now. Oh my God, now faith is. But now you are light. You're light in the Lord. Walk, walk, walk as the children of light. This word walk means to live. Live like you're in the light. When you're in the light, you're not always stumbling. Anybody ever walk in a dark room? You didn't turn on the light? You stumble over things on the floor. You stumble over the furniture. You may even stub your toe against something. But, you have, but once you turn that light on, you can see your way. Huh? So we were once darkness, but now we are light in the Lord. Walk, walk, live as the children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. In other words, we prove what's acceptable to the Lord with the lives we live. Verse 11, this is what I want. And have, because there's a lot of misunderstanding about this verse. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, rather reprove them. Please notice he didn't say any people. He did not say have no fellowship with people. He said the unfruitful works of darkness and have no fellowship with them, but rather expose them. You got a problem with a person's lifestyle? Then let it be their problem and not yours. Huh? You got a problem with the LGBTQ, LBDG? How many, how many of those letters they got? L-G-B-T-Q, then I think they put an I and a plus and a something else behind it. Oh, it's too many alphabets to keep a, a, a track of. But let me tell you something. you got to stop acting like that's your problem. You're called to love them, not condemn them. You're called to embrace them. You're called to show them the light. They don't see any light when you're coming with them with a sword in your hand, ready to chop them up. Like you're some holy crusader. That's not what we're called to do. We're called not to have any fellowship with the unfruitful works. Don't you look at me like that. Didn't the gospel say that Jesus ate with sinners and tax collectors? Don't your gospel show you that Jesus even fellowship with prostitutes? Hello, somebody. But your Bible won't show you that Jesus committed any of those unfruitful works of darkness. You can be all sanctimonious if you want, but bugs are attracted to the light. Did you hear me? Bugs are attracted to the light. And if they're not attracted to you, maybe your light ain't shining. Maybe they feel like you're going to condemn them. You're going to do something to them that God hasn't even done to them yet. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. How do we expose them? By walking in the light ourselves. Hmm? For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. 
But all things, see verse 13 proves my point. He's not talking about people. He's talking about things. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. By the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Let me say it again. For whatever makes manifest is light. We have been called out of darkness into the marvelous light so that we can allow and let our marvelous light to shine. And in doing so, we're exposing the unfruitful works of darkness. We got to stop condemning people and turn up the illumination in our own life. Verse 16, therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead. Christ will give you life. See, some of us have been asleep at the wheel. And the Bible says awake. Now, I, I know there's a, there's a lot of people attacking the word woke, particularly right-wing, extremist, conservative type, political types. They're coming against that word woke. Woke is not a bad word. It's a good word. Let me tell you something. If you're not woke, you're asleep. And nothing comes to a sleeper but a dream. Hello, somebody. God is not calling for us to dream. He's calling for us to walk and not sleepwalk. People don't want you to be woke. They want you to stay asleep so they can take advantage of you, abuse you. But my Bible says, wake up. Wake up. Awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you life. Huh? We're called to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather to expose them by walking in the light. In the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, I'm getting ready to close. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. In that famous sermon that Jesus preached on the mount, he said these words in verse 16 of chapter 5. He said, let your light show so shine that, that men would see your good works. Come on. And glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let your light shine. Turn your light on. Let your light so shine that men would see your good works. And the reason they can see it is because your light is on. When they see your good works, Jesus said they will glorify the Father in heaven. This is the way this thing works. If you want to win somebody over to the truth, if you want to win somebody over to the light, you don't accomplish that by acting like you're still in the dark. You got to let your light shine. You got to love when nobody else loves. You got to be able to give when nobody else gives. You got to be able to have time when nobody else has time for them. You got to let your light shine. Paul told the Thessalonians, the Christians at Thessalonica, and I'm telling you this in closing. He said, You are all children of the light, every one of you. You're all children of the light. And you're children of the day. We are not of the night. We are not of darkness. We are not of darkness. We're the day. We only got
Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.